Welcome to In the Mood for Podcast, a podcast where we talk about all things romance books. My name is Bonnie from Bond Reviews Books on Instagram and TikTok, and with me is Shawnee from Shawnee Reads. Heyo! And Mary from The Vibrarian. Hi! And our special guest this week is Caitlin. Yay! Welcome, awesome. Caitlin. You are on mute. <laughs> there it is. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. We're so happy to have you. I'm excited to be here. And um, Caitlin, you're at CBG Reads. Yes. Yes. CBG Reads. CBG Reads. And when did you join Book Talk and Bookstagram? Um, I have been a light stalker for several years, just um, watching you all, and then got on everything a little over a year ago. And so I have been having a really fun time. Oh my God, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So good. We all we were yeah. all just stalking and watching other people before we started. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is really just. A is there any partic- Is there any particular account that was like the account where that made you think I could do that? Like um, I could post. Yeah, I'm still getting used to like TikTok. I feel like I'm still scared to do like talking videos, um, mm. and so. But I did secretly also, love. Oh, why? Okay. But, like, please do talking videos because I'm obsessed with your voice. (laughs) (laughs) I can listen to you talk all day long. Oh, people do all day. So, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it is intimidating, but once you start doing it, like, I haven't posted on TikTok in like two or three months, like, or no, probably like three months. I posted a announcing this podcast, and that was the last thing that I posted. Um, but getting like into the groove of doing talking videos once you're there like it really becomes so much easier and then when you get out of practice of it I'm like I'm not it's really hard to do them again but I feel like once you start doing it and if you're doing it consistently it's a lot easier than trying to do like like any other kind because I hate editing videos and so I'm like can I just talk sit here and talk (laughs) But well, what, which, uh, who was it that kind of Yeah, so um, I, this sounds like I'm sucking up, but I did really, like, watch a lot of Shawnee videos um, because I've been loving – I lo- have always loved her takedowns, I guess. And then um, my good friend that I used to teach with is an author. Her name is Brittany Kelly. And so I had just been sending her my personal thoughts, and she was the one who was like, why don't you make a bookstagram? Nice. Wait, Brittany Kelly's, like, friends with you, like, in real life? Um, she was in my wedding, we're like oh friends. Friend. Yeah, yeah. I'm her number one hype woman in Texas. So that's I love that. So that's she told awesome. me to, and I did it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I, it's been fun. I feel like people get always like so in their heads about talking videos, but I'm also like, have you seen what people put on TikTok? Like, don't <laughs> just the internet in general. Yeah. Yeah, but we. I said this a while ago. You, and Mary, and Shawnee were the reason I started making talking videos because I felt the same way. I was like, I don't want to talk. Like, I don't want to listen to my own voice. And now we have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so when I first got on Book Talk, it was all like pretty aesthetic videos and like other things and like the memes and stuff and I was like oh my god I hate editing video so much like I was a journalism major and I very quickly was like I'm not gonna do broadcast because I fucking hate editing video and um then it I finally found some people who did like talking reviews which now I realize like a lot of people but I just like wasn't on that side of 
of book talk and mm-hmm. Naomi loud was doing talking review videos. And I was like, obsessed and she then I she and I kind of like started talking a little bit like in her comments and stuff and she was like you should make an account like you should talk about the books that you're reading I'm like I could do that like <laughs> that's not that hard <laughs> we all just need someone to like shove us into it is yeah the, is the exactly. real thing. yeah I love it so who wants to go first Bonnie what are you in the mood for this week um, well, similar to last week, I am very into audiobooks because I bought so many. <laughs> um, so I finished The Fake Mate by Lana Ferguson um, yesterday, last night. And it was so nice to read an Omegaverse romance again. Um, Is that out yet or did you get an arc? I feel like yeah, it just came out today. I just like realized I I had requested the arc and didn't read it, and I was like, "Fuck, <laughs> I need to read this." And you know me with ADHD and the timeline, I was like, "Perfect, I have to read it now." So I was like, "Okay, okay. I'm gonna do this." Um, so I read it, and it's a super quick, easy read, and it's just like, it's just, Omegaverse is just cozy. I feel like yeah. I've heard other people describe it that way, and I was like, "Why is it so cozy? I love it." <laughs> you know what's funny? It's but it's a it's a Berkeley book, right? Yeah, yeah, it's Berkeley romance. But it's a Berkeley, it's a trad pub Omegaverse. I know, and I I kind of was like, if you've never read Omegaverse before, you might want to like look into it. This goes like a it's very high level Omegaverse. Like it's not hmm. too much explaining, but it's just enough so that you're like, oh, I know what's going on. Okay, I get it. Um, but if you've never read them before, I feel like you'd be like, what the, like, I'm just imagining all these people going into Barnes and Noble and being like, (laughs) and then they're reading it and they're like, what the fuck am I reading? (laughs) No, I went into my first Omegaverse completely blind and it was only because people just kept recommending, like I just kept seeing it in like bulk rec videos, which is of course Lola and the Millionaires. And it was just like everywhere. And I was like so thrown off by the blurb because they're just like oh alphas and betas and I was like ew red flag like what the hell are they talking about and I was like I'm just gonna read it I don't know it's short whatever and then I was like oh there's something else going on here and then I think I was probably like halfway through when I finally just googled what a megaverse was (laughs) no it's so oh, nobody when it's yeah. from someone when it's from someone else too like my first one was from sarah blue it was lavender moon but i had read all of mm-hmm. her, oh like, yeah her paranormal ones first so i went in expecting like a charming your dad situation and then mm-hmm. had to do the like halfway through the book google what is happening <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's funny too because like i like got into spicy books because i read was like reading fanfic and i've been aware of fanfic for so long and like a lot of the different like fandoms and stuff and I had literally just never heard that term before and I was like I feel like I was all I've been like adjacent to that for so long and just it just never came up before yeah I think the the fake mate is interesting because I I did request it on NetGalley because I really enjoyed Lana, Lana Ferguson's The Nanny so I was like, oh, like, she's coming out with the second book. And I just requested it without, like, looking at it at all. And then I was like, oh, she's, it's an Omegaverse. But, like, the cover is, like, it looks like, like, a Dr. Romance. 
Like, so That's what I mean. Like, there people are gonna go pick that up. And well, people like, are gonna read this and be like, "What the fuck?" They're probably gonna be like, "She's a vet or something." <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's like paw prints on the cover, so <laughs> so that's oh like a God. really cute read if you guys want like a trad pub Omega verse that's like very much in the real world, like integrated with like I don't know. They work in a hospital with like regular humans, but like now the humans know about their world, so it's like very normalized, I guess is how I would say. Um, so it was fun. I think it's a fun read, and I was like, you know. I feel like a lot of people will like it. So I read that and then I started Caught Up Today by Liz Tom Ford on audio. Ooh. How's the audio? It's really good. I like the voice actors a lot. That's why I ended up buying it. And I had, um, I'm probably like 60% into it. So I've read like, I did quite a bit of it today. Um, and I like it, but I don't really get the girl Miller's character like I really like them as a couple and I like the story a lot but I just kind of feel like a lot of things her character's doing is not making sense she's like doing one thing she's like she's very much the one kind of coming on to him and being super forward and then he and she's the one who's going to be leaving at some point and he's like I don't think we should do anything because that would be irresponsible which I'm like I guess that makes sense like you're trying to be this like responsible dad But then at the same time, like, when they do try to hook up, she's also being like, I don't know if we should do this. And she, like, freaks out when he tries to do more things with her. And I'm, I don't know. Yeah, I I, I get what you're saying. Because it's like, for the longest time, he's like, we're not going to do anything. Like, it's just not like, unless we're being super serious. Yeah. There's the kid involved. I get what you're saying. I will say that, like, I like the way Miller is written as a character. Same. Yeah. I like her a lot. Um, I think I'm just, like, sometimes, con- I'm, like, I don't know totally if all the things that her character is doing make complete sense, if that makes sense. That's all. I just keep... But she's also taking, like, a life intermission. Yeah. And she's, like, 25, so I'm trying to, like, remember that, too, and everything. And, yeah. So, it's, it's good. Um, I really like it. And... The only other book that I've read, I think I'm just going to keep doing some audiobooks because I've had a lot of work to do this week. Um, but I also read Tender is the Flesh over the weekend. I don't know why I like woke up on Sunday and I had started the book earlier this year and been like, because I like horror. And I was like, okay, this is pretty short. I'm going to read it. It has like really amazing reviews. And someone said it was like the most visceral, horrifying book they'd ever read. And I was like, I was with you when you bought that book. Yeah. In Barnes and Noble in Union Square. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I need this book. So I woke up on Sunday and I was like, I'm going to finish it today. It's only 200 pages. Like let's, let's just rip the bandaid off. So now you're vegan. (laughs) I think I'm like a chapter into that book. I'm really impressed. (laughs) It's really horrifying. The last chapter, though, the last page of that book is like the most wild thing I've ever read. Wait, Bonnie, can you give us a like a just like a general synopsis of it for the listeners or? Yeah, so completely outside of romance. So it's like does not fit in. Um, Yeah. it's it's a it's actually translated too. It wasn't originally written in English, but um, it's about like there was a virus that made all of the animals sick, 
And so they had to kill all the animals and everyone had to stop eating them. And basically they started normalizing cannibalism and they started breeding humans to be meat, like special meat, essentially. So they like have these plants where they breed people and like humans for, for meat. Um, And it's essentially, it's taking the place of like, animals and just replacing it with humans so if you were like thinking about like I don't know chickens or pigs or however they use those animals and like what the process of like cutting them up looks like and how they what they do with all the body parts and everything like that's all explained very viscerally mm-hmm. and it's, it, it's replaced with humans I <laughs> so feel it's like, like it's Upton Sinclair's the jungle but with humans so and it's about like Really, it's about, like, how capitalism... <laughs> yeah, that sounds like the devil. Is also. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jungle and how... Proposal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, and it's, like, the, char- the main character is this guy who works at a plant, and he is, like, in charge of a bunch of people at it. And through his point of view, you're kind of like, oh, he's he's he has empathy still. And, like... Is, is at some point he going to, like, turn around and, you know, I don't know, break bad or something? Like, what's going to happen? And it's fucking insane. Like, I've never read anything like it. But it's only, like, 200 pages. So if you're interested in a short horror novel that will make you think a lot, it may it, I haven't stopped thinking about it since I read it. <laughs> I teach, like, high school, and we just read Amada's Proposal. So I told all the kids about Tender is the Flesh. And I was like, I oh, my God. I couldn't make it through. So like, know that I gave up because I could not handle it. And so they all immediately went and bought it and read it. And now there is like a group of rabid 15 year olds who are obsessed with tender as the flesh. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that so much. And that sounds like some shit I would have done in high school. Yeah. Too. As soon as I like, said, I, I couldn't finish it. Thing. As soon as I said, I yeah. couldn't finish it. They were they like, were like add to cart. <laughs> I feel like I after I finished it I was like I kind of wish that we read this in school so I could write a paper about it because I can't stop thinking about it and I feel like it would be the perfect book to like dissect Ooh yeah did you watch um fresh yes so it kind of reminded me of fresh in certain parts but it wasn't as sadistic as fresh was right um but it was like if you took fresh and you um what like scaled it to a really large yeah, company, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like the US does. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, I like just watched that a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, it was like one of those things where I was like, I'm gonna be thinking about this for a while. Man, that movie was good. Yeah. Yeah. That movie, you could definitely read the book then, because it was kind of like that. Mm. Oh, yeah. I definitely don't. I've read, like, because well, I used to read, what, like, when I was in high school and stuff, I was, like, obsessed with Chuck Palahniuk and stuff. And so yes. I had, like, a lot of really, like, fucked up stuff that I just, like, <laughs> I don't like really reading a lot of that, like, lately, just because that's, like, I... <laughs> I like HEAs and stuff and it just like <laughs> makes me feel but I have been on like a kick of like watching like a lot of movies that make me feel like we kind of like off like the mother god documentary Shawnee you watched that after I was talking about it I think yep I did yeah 
that if you want to be extremely unsettled watch that on hbo it just came out and it is like the most insane cult you've ever seen in your life mother god okay so the documentary is called or the cult has one is called love has one yeah oh wait you watch the other one the garden I start. I started watching the garden, and I watched probably like a like episode and a half. Yeah, there's like six episodes of that. I have like a limit with the docu series. I can I can watch them as long as they are actually docu series because the garden feels very much like they probably pitched it to be a docu series. Like that's how it's feeling, or like. The narrative structure is very much like it feels so much more scripted than a documentary should. Mm. So I was like, mm, I'm not loving it. But like, love has one. It's that, crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Like it, and it's like twelve people. Yeah, it's wild. The whole cult um, is only twelve people, and it's three episodes. It's yeah. three episodes, and it is. Um, so we watch it like in one sitting. <laughs> we were like, <laughs> what the yeah. hell? I was like, I was like folding laundry, and I, then I like stopped folding laundry because I was like, I'm yeah. focused. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely unsettling. Um, and then I keep and I've I've been telling everybody this, um, and I'm like, now I want to make read a book that makes me feel this way also. Um, but I just watched May December um, on Netflix, and I've been like excited about it forever because. Um, I love Charles Knowlton and because he was in Riverdale and everybody's like, he was super good in this movie. And I was like, yeah, like I'm going to watch it. Um, and it's it, like, it's so well done. Um, Wait, what's the premise for that? It's about, so do you know who Mary Kay Letourneau is? Maybe not yeah. because you didn't. Oh, okay. Um, they, it's basically that if, in 2015 they were going to make a movie about Mary Kay Letourneau and the actress went and like interviewed like went and like interviewed her family and stuff and like and like visited with them that's like what is going on in the movie it's not based on a true story technically because it's um they changed some aspects of it like she wasn't his teacher she they worked at a pet store together and like stuff like that but Julianne Moore plays this character Gracie as Mary Kay Letourneau like she does like her little lisp and like it's crazy there's a scene Um, where they like like, pull like it's word for word like an old interview with Mary Kay Letourneau yes wild Um, but in the movie it's like they're not being interviewed. They're just talking to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, but it is like exactly the same words that she said. And so for people who don't know who Mary Kayla Turner was, she had quote unquote had an affair with her, one of her students. She was a sixth grade teacher and he was 11 the first time that they had that. And uh, I've seen seen that for this. Yeah, so she, this is what's the craziest part. So she gets arrested and before she goes, before it goes to trial, she has his kid. And then 
her family is extremely wealthy. Like her brothers are actively politicians right now. Like they're, they have a different last name because she was married when this all went down. And so she still uses her last name from her first marriage. Um, but oh my she, God. yeah, dude, it's fucking crazy. So she doesn't, they basically were like, Oh, like we'll give you probation instead of a jail sentence, but you can't ever talk to this now, like 13 year old ever again. And immediately gets caught with him again. And so then she, her probation is revoked and she goes to jail. And while she's in jail, she gives birth to her, their second kid. And then when she gets out of jail, yeah, when they get out of jail, when she gets out of jail, they get married and then they stay together until they got divorced in 2017. And then she got diagnosed with cancer and he like, still supported her through her cancer and she died in 2020. And so this story is kind of the same, except that they never actually say if, if this woman actually went to jail, but in this, they have a daughter who's in college and then a set of twins who are graduating high school. And it's basically like the um, husband is like in a state of arrested development. He's like a 14 year old and like a 36 year old's body. Like he is clearly was groomed and like very much tricked in this situation. She is like absolutely frightening. And then this actress who's played by Natalie Portman, you think that she's like sweet and like nice at first. And like, everybody's very taken with her, but she is also dude. I I have like a kind of weird opinion about Natalie Portman. Like I just have this like irrational, like she just sort of bugs me. Like, for no reason, really, at all. And sh- this character of hers really feeds into that because she is also fucking crazy. And, like, the best part is that, like, because th- that's the problem with the- those types of relationships where it's, like, a f- uh, clearly you're dealing with a pedophile, but it's the woman and who's, like, grooming a young boy our media is like, oh, like, this is, like, not problematic. Like, he wanted it. Like, he seduced her. Like, the interview that Caitlin was talking about, like, the guy doing the interview was actually, like, very much, like, you know that this was inappropriate. And she's, like, who was in charge? Who was the boss? Who was the boss? Like, talking to the Villy is the, in real life, uh, the kid's name. And so she keeps and saying he like, he like, pursued me. He pursued me like an 11. Yeah, and he's 11. Yeah. And I feel like I've always, like I, I, this is such a thing in our society that people still, this still happens like all the time. And people like really don't think it's a big deal. And I feel like I would have had that mindset because like just growing up in our society but when I was like pretty young I think it was like when I was in high school there was like a Rolling Stone article about this and they interviewed this kid who talked about his experience where he like was hooking up with his teacher and then she like dumped him for like another student and it like he went into a depression and like stopped doing well in school and was doing poorly in sports and they were like what the hell is wrong with you and he was like well basically my girlfriend dumped me and they were like, Oh, that's not your girlfriend. That is your abuser. And they fired the teacher. And then everybody, like all the other students loved her. And so then he was getting like bullied and stuff because he got her fired. And I was like, this is horrible. And ever since I read that, I was like, 
that is a bad thing. Like you should, that should never be like the, it's just as bad if it's a, a woman, mm-hmm. an of older course. woman, like it's just, which of course, when you think about, when you start to think about it, you know that that's true. But I feel like so much of our society is like, oh yeah, like he got with like the teacher or whatever, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just like, that really <laughs> stuck with me. And I was like, it's a darling book. Don't worry about it. Oh my God. <laughs> Um, just like, yeah, I think, and it it just like makes you really like think about like, when is the cutoff like in a, in a real life relationship? So anyway, that's my Roman empire this week that I can't, um, like stop thinking about, which is crazy (laughs) because I also saw Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes finally last week, um, after we recorded. And that was like my hyperfixation for so long since I read that book over the summer. I yeah. you've made me really want to read it and see the movie, especially you because the to. guy is so attractive. Yes, he is. Even though we don't, we don't like him, really right good job with him. So, and and I think that personally, I think that you should really read the book first because you miss a lot of like. There's none of his internal like dialogue. Yeah, where me, he is psycho from page it's I figured out it's on page four he says something literally on page four that I was like okay yep it's just like evil from the get-go yeah yeah and there's absolutely no like you think it's like oh like you're sympathizing with him he has this like tough upbringing whatever like and then he is radicalized and that's how he becomes nope he is like fully just a nightmare like so fucking crazy from from the get oh so yeah we that was really good too but um bonnie i'm sorry were you you were still talking about stuff that you're no way off no you guys you go caitlin what are you in the mood for um right now i'm reading a more actually which is um uh, anthology of like Christmas time short stories, um, and they're all uh, Latin authors. And so I'm in a little group where we're reading one short story a day and kind of chatting about it. So that's been like really fun and nice um, little holiday pick me ups. I love that. Yeah, that's and then fun. I can't listen to romance because my like puritanical <gasps> upbringing. You- you and Mary. Yeah. yeah. I'm the same I way. So I can read anything, but the second it's like playing while I'm alone in the car, I get like really embarrassed. So I'm listening. Yeah. Uh, I just finished a thriller that's was called Mother Daughter Murder Night, which was really cute. Um, it's like, nice. I thought it was going to be thrillery or, but it was them trying to like solve a murder and it was kind of adorable. So that was a fun little side, side read. Um, Bonnie, were you the one who was talking about Spotify reading or like audiobook listening? That was me. Mary. No, Mary. Yeah. Mary, yeah. I wanted to tell you that if you listen to it on the fast speed, it counts the number of hours that it was recorded at, not the speed you listen to. Uh, okay. Yeah. I just figured that mine was just not fast enough. Like no, I wasn't listening fast enough, but that's I good listened, to know. Yeah. I listened at like 1.8 and I thought I was like cheating the system and I was not. Um, so <laughs> and that way you don't, you don't try to cheat it with your, fa- your fast listening. 
Yeah. Okay. Good to know for the listeners. For <laughs> Dear sure. Dear everyone. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I can't. Um. I can't listen to it. Like one point two is like just fast enough to where I'm like not because the one like regular speed is way too slow. I'm like my yeah. brain is like why are you talking so slowly? Um. But anything beyond one point two, I feel like they start to sound robotic, and so I'm like <laughs> it just it doesn't do it for me. I'm like, no, this is, this is not right. But so highly recommend, um, if you are in any way interested in the hunger games, um, the ballad of songbirds and snakes, I listened to that audiobook and it was so good. Cause yeah, I'm the same way. I can't, I can't do spice. I like romance, but I can't do spice. That mm. is not a romance book. That is like the number one disclaimer. There's a lot of <laughs> bad reviews of that book that, it's because people like think that it's a romance and it's like even the original trilogy they like played up the love triangle thing in the marketing but that is like so not a focus of of the books or even the movies like that's just like not even yeah that's like such a side it's like a c plot it's like not even a b plot or anything like that so i definitely recommend that I recently listened, I used my Spotify to listen to Last Night at the Telegraph Club, um, which is YA, but it's like a sapphic historical fiction coming of age. Um, And it was so good. It was so, so good. And so. um, That sounds fun. Yeah. And it was only 12 hours. So it hit that. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. I could listen to it with my credits. Um, And it was, the narrator was really great. Because that's my other thing with audiobooks is if you get. A terrible narrator then it can just kill the whole thing yeah yes especially like I feel like with YA too because a lot of the authors are like older or they like do a like a performance voice mm-hmm. where it's like they're like new, it's like a newscaster voice kind of mm-hmm. where it's like very proper and you're like this is a teenager Mm-hmm. Why are well, you talking to, like that's not what they sound like? <laughs> La- uh, the main character in Last Night at the Telegraph Club is like Chinese American. It's set in the fifties, so it deals with like the Cold War oh. and being Chinese American, and then also like to be the child of immigrants and to figure out you're gay. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was dealing with quite a bit. And so you know, I get worried anytime your main characters are Chinese. There's going to be people with accents in their life, and so the narrator like was herself Asian American. And then also like, I felt like did a great job with all of that where it was like true, but in no way offensive, which is important. That's good. Yeah. That's always good. I will say, so that was, I'm still reading, uh, listening to Magnolia Parks, the third book in the series, but it's the second Magnolia Parks book. And I've just like, I'm so obsessed with the vibes And so I like put out some feelers to see if there's because I want something to read on my Kindle. And I was like asking around of people that I know who have read Magnolia Parks. I'm like, I want Magnolia Parks, but with spice because they're that series. It's a romance, but there's no spice. They are fucking all the time, like a lot of having sex, but like not spicy if that makes sense like there's some times where they're like describing like what is going on a little bit like there's some aspect of that but yeah it's not spicy at all which is good because I'm really enjoying listening to the audio the narrators are really good and um it's that's good but I'm like I want this vibe with spice and 
because I lo- freaking love book talk as a community. Um, our my friend Haley at literary literary Haley is one of the people that I had asked because she's read all four of the Magnolia Parks books that are out, and she saw a TikTok from this author who was like, "Oh, this is the author said this is like Gossip Girl, but grown up with spice." And I'm like, that's Magnolia Parks with Spice because Magnolia Parks is just grown up Gossip Girl. And um, it's called The Air. Um, It's Ava Ronnie. um, And I think that it is, it's a billionaire, workplace billionaire romance. And the author is Daisy, uh, Indian American. And so... Oh, I I feel like I've been seeing this around. He's like gonna be the CEO. He's like an Epo baby, but it's <laughs> oh, it's the second book in this. It's Biotech Billionaires is the oh. um series of interconnected standalones, which actually means that I should probably go back and read the first one. Oh, I found because I'm a chronological. Oh, the first one and but either way, to lovers, heck yes. Ooh. So anyway, um, this might scratch this itch for me, um, which is really cool. And I saw somebody posted, uh, I think it could have been Teresa, friend of the pod, um, posted a reel on Instagram that was for this series that's like a vampire white shoes. Um, and it was like book three uh Ooh. that that she posted about but I was like mm, you know cool. so I downloaded book one it's called bite of loyalty oh. by R.L. Calder not R.L. Stein no. <laughs> unfortunately no not what if R.L. Stein did write a vampire white shoes I'd probably read it oh Ooh, this cover is covering badass <laughs> I'm like, um, that sounds cool. Um, Shawnee, what are you in the mood for? Um, so I did spend a significant amount of my brain cells last week reading mm-hmm. Caution of the Wind, which was a uh, a service to the community. Let's put it that <laughs> yes. way. Yes, saved me down, uh, dude. I just, I don't know what happened with that fucking book. And I can't believe that she's like, okay, I have more books in the series now coming out. Uh, Which means that I have to fucking read them. Um, Because (laughs) the FOMO will not let me um, not know what's going on. But I did, I mean, I'm not going to like get into it, but like Gianna needs to get refunded by her editors or she needs to reconsider her writing process or something, whatever. But, um, I was kind of like, I don't know what I'm, what I'm in the mood for after that. And then I was, I don't know if you guys do this ever when you go like on your phone and you're on the Kindle app and you're like, what are the series that I've been reading and that have books coming or that have books that are already out that I can continue with? Or like, you read this, you should read this because like Mm -hmm. algorithms are algorithms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And most often, most often I'm like. I don't know, like, or like, I'll be like, okay, cool. Well, thank you for recommending me 17 books that are not out yet. Ugh, this, I hate that. This is not helpful. Um, <clears throat> but 
somehow in that I ended up finding this series called Oxford Legacy um, by Roxy Sloan. And it is a trilogy. And it's like a spicy, dark academia kind of a situation uh, with like secret society-ish. I don't want to say too much about it. Um, is this like cross my heart? Yeah. Yeah, I have them. I'm, my, she sent me them and I didn't read them. <laughs> I feel bad. So they're, they're not super long. I think they're, they're all okay. under 300 pages. Um, and I'm on book three. I'm, I'm like halfway through book three now. So you really um, like them. You read them quick. Yeah, I mean, it's like, they're, they're not, like, a, a complicated read, if you will. Sure. But they're, they're, they're interesting, and they there's, like, a little bit of a mystery situation happening. But the way I landed here, because, like, I'm, like, dying to see Saltburn, the movie. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obsessively so. But I'm also, like... I want to watch it with friends who will get it. I'm having the same problem, Tawny, because all of my friends that, like, would get it all live, like, in L.A. Well, so, so I feel like every, I feel like so many people are seeing that movie because they're like, oh, Jacob Elordi is cute. And then they no, go to I see it. I know exactly what it is. <laughs> I know exactly what it is. But the whole, like, the TikTok meme of, like, you go to see Saltburn and you're oh, like yeah. traumatized. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to see it for what you've been what traumatized. Yeah. But um, it will be on Prime on December, I think, 22nd. Okay. So Let's watch, watch Party. Ready. Watch Party. Oh my God. But, but so, so I'm like, I wanted something. I've been like craving for that vibe of like a chaotic British like arist aristocratic aristocratic debauchery yeah, kind of okay. a thing. Yeah. Which is also like Magnolia Parks, but this one yeah. has like murder. Um so Roxy Sloan, Oxford Legacy, that's what I've been reading. Um and I'm like I'm constantly I'm constantly going like is this is this it? Like is this how we're solving this like mystery? Um and I felt very proud of myself because I think we're getting to the solution or the resolution of the whole mystery. And I figured it out about a book ago. So I was like, nice. Mary would be proud. Yeah. Because uh, Mary's very good. I'm always looking for books that are both thrillers and romance because those are my two favorite and there's just not enough. Yeah. Like solve a crime no, and have... bang at the same time. Like, why can't we do both? Well, that's what I feel like when I, because I, I, before I started reading romance, I was really into thrillers and read thrillers all the time, but they always ended so bleak and you're just like, yeah. you don't feel good at the end. And then I was like, dark romance is like, kind of like that. Like, I think that there, it, there isn't quite like the murder mystery aspect in a lot of dark romances, but there are like some where you get more of that thriller vibe, um, but then also they're like banging and everybody's happy at the end. Yeah. And I love, I mean, I mentioned earlier that I said that I love Riverdale and this is like a complaint that people have about Riverdale is that they're always like, 
having sex at like really weird times and that's probably one of my favorite things about like a spicy dark romance is really weird times where you would be like why are you having sex but in the context you're like I'm literally every Chantal Tessier book (laughs) but I love that shit I'm like um yeah they're horny they should be having sex like obviously (laughs) anytime I get like start a dark romance and they're like somebody's murdered and we don't know who I'm like I hit the jackpot yes solve a crime together (laughs) yes so but what I'm saying is like this is like this was like really scratching the itch that's gonna get me through like the next two weeks until when I can watch I can do like an Amazon Prime watch party with my internet friends who will really appreciate Saltburn. So that's yeah, hell yeah. That's what I've been vibing with. Um and that's pretty much it. Like I was like I just really caution to the wind took a lot out of me. <laughs> like mentally. Just it was a disappointment, guys. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. I feel I mean, like worth it for the content, Shawnee. You know, I love it when you put yeah. an angry TikTok. Yeah, but it's also it's also one of those things where I was like, and I've talked about this before. I'm not doing those videos, like, for the sake of doing them, mm-hmm. and I'm not doing them falsely. Because, like, if Caution to the Wind would was, like, an incredible book, I would have given it a really good review. But, like, I want people to get a non-ARC reader, non-PR package review of these books. And especially when, like, people have been waiting for a book for two years, you're going to get reviewed. Like, I mean, if you look on Goodreads, the Caution to the Wind reviews are, it's a spectrum, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but be people who are either just like blindly fan like blind fans where they're like oh we love everything Mm -hmm. that this author writes it doesn't matter there are people who genuinely just like do not care about like poor editing that's totally a thing and there are and which to be fair I think all of us probably have like one or two books that we are like absolutely love that we're like this could have been edited better like take no criticism on this book yeah like but at the same time it was like a wild romp and you had a great time reading it or whatever Mm -hmm. and there's like that I feel like is the is the spectrum and there's also probably a lot of people who just don't have the reading like skills yeah to even know that there's a lot of mistakes in books like when there are there so I'm sure that you see a lot of that I just mm-hmm. like respect you for doing that kind of stuff because the last time I hate read a book it may- put me in such a bad reading slump for like months and so <laughs> and I will like have never recovered even from it and that was like over a year ago so but for me it's also like it's like peak Virgo behavior where I can just point <laughs> like point out that someone else is wrong so it's like a pure joy in some senses to me but well like I I tried to read that um Santana Knox uh um queen uh, of the something yeah queen of the damned or something it's a, a cartel wide shoes that she it's so poorly edited that she actually pulled it down and and took it to another editor, but it, she had published it when she was, it's like her first series. And so she didn't, 
have a have a, an editor at the time or something like that. And now that she has like the money to pay an editor, she actually took it down. But I tried reading it before she did that. And I was like, try, I was doing a buddy read and I was like, I literally like this, I can already feel myself get going into a reading slump because of this. Like that's how poorly edited it was. And I was like, I, I just can't, I can't do it. I think that takes a lot of, um, like, hum, humil- humility. humility, yeah, yeah, to be like, I'm going to take this book down and take it to an editor and, like, and, and get it, like, fully updated. Because, is, yeah, it was, like, pretty bad. This is my argument that every author needs to put, like, an annoying English teacher on their alpha or beta teams. Because I feel like I'm not help- adding any helpful alpha comments, but, like, I am fixing your typos. I will add a comma for you. (laughs) That's taking care of at least some of it, you know? Well, and I feel like too, having like, you want to have people in, like, I feel like a well-balanced alpha team is like somebody who really genuinely loves your writing. Who's going to be like hyping you along the way, but you also need somebody who's like going to point out like, okay, this like genuinely doesn't make sense. Like what just happened from this page to this page? You need somebody who like me gets really confused by timeline stuff all the time. <laughs> and so then I'm going to ask you 5,000 questions about Mary's all the time. Really? That's <laughs> so valid though. With a timestamp. <laughs> I think that that's a job on TV and uh, TV shows and in movies. Oh, like, I literally, I can't watch continuity. Yeah. I, um, the amount of times that I have watched, I will catch every continuity error in a movie. <laughs> and one time I found out that it was because, um, uh, they had stunt people and they were just like wearing the wrong, like they didn't have the stunt people wearing the same shoes that the actors were wearing. And so you could see when they cut and it's like one of those things that I was like, what? The? I was like. That's a crazy continuity error. And then I was like, oh, it's a different person. But like, also, that's <laughs> you shouldn't have done that. Like, no, that, so I am like, I, that should just like fly off the page to me where I'm like, wait, what day is it? Like, what just happened? Like, was there a time jump? Did I miss something? Like, where is the like, like, was, is this supposed to be a week ago? Like, what the hell is going on? And I feel like that confusion, like asking those questions helps people like kind of do that. So the reason that we really wanted to bring Caitlin on this week is that Caitlin is a high school teacher in English and social studies. Yeah, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, But she also lives in a state where book bans are a very real thing. And oftentimes, like, in the book community, we think about, like, authors who mess up and then it's like oh my god I'm getting banned or like my books are getting banned it's like no like that's really not the whole like that is exactly that is not what is happening basically but um I wanted to just ask Caitlin about like because I know that you're also like active with your local school board or like your library and like you work with um, the municipality in like making sure that there are appropriate books for students to read. (laughs) So do you want to give us like a little bit of a, like an intro about what 
uh, book bands actually yeah. look like on the ground. So, I mean, um, I will say that's why I actually recently listened to Last Night at the Telegraph Club. It's something that's popped up being banned in a lot of districts in Texas. So um, what we're starting to see is like small groups kind of come into school districts with lists to of like books that they deem inappropriate. And what they're using for this list is always sexual content. Um, and as someone who reads like legit books that I would not give my high school students, <laughs> um, uh, you know, I feel like we, we know what is appropriate for younger kids and what is not. And um, a lot of times what's happening is these are coming of age books um, where the kids are in high school themselves, like the characters. And so they have appropriate to high school sexual experiences. Um, but kind of anything that falls into that category is just being like immediately villainized, especially out of context. And so what we're seeing is pulling like these choice quotes saying like, this is the problem. And then overwhelming school districts by putting out lists of 70, 80, 90 books that you have a problem with. And so a lot of them are just kind of going to need jerk reactions of pulling all those books. And there are a lot of us, you know, who are kind of in the thick of it, librarians and teachers who, again, like can say the, the literary value of this book goes beyond like this one scene in a way that is appropriate and important for kids to be able to have access to. Um, but we're just kind of ignoring a lot of the like whole book pictures. And so it gets really frustrating for me as someone who like lives like here in the world where it's happening and then also is on book talk to hear, you know, people say exactly that. Like I, Shawnee and I talked about it a lot um, with all the stuff around Tilly Cole where her making the decision to pull her own books like is not actually book banning um it didn't or censorship yeah yeah um and so uh like so i i picked up last night at the telegraph club after the district my daughter goes to school in banned it and so i was really interested in it i teach a lot of asian american kids i teach a lot of kids of immigrants i teach a lot of queer asian american kids and so i was like this book feels like it would really speak to them and so in an almost 13 hour audiobook there is one semi explicit sexual scene between the main character and her new girlfriend they are fully clothed in it um there's just some like hand play happening and in that audiobook is like maybe a three minute scene. So like we pulled this giant book that had all of these like really important conversations happening because of this like one tiny out of context scene. And so I think when book talk or bookstagram or like book people in general, like equate authors getting in trouble or getting legitimate criticisms, they're really hurting the bigger movement of like making sure kids have access to important books for them. And so a lot of these are going to be like LGBT books. A ton of those were pulled a lot of classics. So um, I taught Slaughterhouse five in the past and Slaughterhouse five got pulled in my daughter's. Why? Um, I honestly don't know what they were mad about in it. I assume it's like the one picture of boobs in it. That's like drawn by it. Like, yeah, no, it's an excellent picture in the book. It's a description of and then they pulled, um, they pulled Handmaid's Tale, 
I was like, all the sex in that is sexual assault. Like, it's not like a gay sex. (laughs) I think we lost the plot. Do you think they pulled it because they were like, ooh, they might figure out that this is exactly what's happening in the in the district right yeah yeah dude Uh, they're like um we're gonna pull fahrenheit 451 uh you can't know what book fanny yeah and then they pulled like um my the one of the books i read uh on like a committee decide if we were going to keep books or not is a ya book called ferris fowl uh, by hannah chapin and it was it's excellent it's a Macbeth retelling um so it's this high school girl off page is is gang raped at a party and so she like hides her identity, enrolls in this private school, and then goes on to murder the seven people who were in some way involved in her gang rape. And again, it's like a Macbeth retelling. So there's you a go, lot girl. Of- That's yeah. amazing. It's first of all, it's excellent. I cannot recommend it enough. But the complaint about the book did not mention the murder of seven high schoolers at all. Like the complaint. Yeah. So their, their big complaint was that kids were drinking. And I was like, I know they didn't read this book. They just got it off of a website because every time the kids got drunk in the book, they got murdered. Like the drinking was not the problem. Like the murder. Oh my God. So it's just, I've seen, Wow. Yeah, I've seen, I remember when I was a kid, because my parents were like, we didn't have TV growing up. Like, we had a television set and we could watch movies, but we didn't have cable. And it wasn't like, like the TV was like in the basement and like, it wasn't like a a central like part of like our house. So we uh, read all the time and read and I could basically, I read well past my like, reading like I tested like out of like my reading level like at a very young age because I was reading a lot of books that I probably was too too young to be reading but nothing like inappropriate but my parents like literally never paid attention to anything that I was doing or anything like that and I could go to the library and all that but I remember watching them have a conversation with some these like other parents at church my parents are like super catholic and there were in a tizzy over um, forever by Judy Bloom, And I actually never ended up reading it and which would have been like a funny thing to like do. But I think at that point I was maybe just a little bit too old for Judy Bloom, um, Or it was just like, because of this, I just never paid it. I just never, it was never in the like section. So I think they had already like not really taken it or it's just like not one of her better books, but in it, the main character uh, loses her virginity. And this was like shocking, apparently. And especially because Judy Bloom's like been around for a really long time. I think the book takes place like in the like 60s or something. And so it's like, and the complaint was like that she has sex and there's no consequences, like at all. consequences there is supposed to be I don't know that she would have like an emotional like because she like has sex with this guy and then they don't like date or get married or anything so they're just it's just like a one she basically has like a one night stand with her like summer love or something like that and then that's the end of it and I remember my mom is like very performative in her like faith and stuff and so she's like hella engaging with this like other like this like group of parents who are like super up in arms about how they want to like get it out of the um the pub it, it was like the public library not even like oh, the yeah. school library um and so and I just remember 
sitting there like you're so fucking full of shit like you don't give a you don't care about this at all and if I had read that book she would have had no idea and I and then it was never mentioned again but my mom was like, he- like, oh yeah, I'll come to your committee meeting. She didn't go. I was, but I was like, <laughs> like, I can just see that you guys are just like bending over backwards to be because you want. It's like you want to be up in arms about something, and so you're fabricating this like whatever, like performative morality. Yeah, yeah, it's like totally fabricated outrage. It's just like you people want to be up in arms about something. Well, yeah. a lot and of the people who are like going around to these districts are like the blaze personalities like they're not parents in these districts they don't have kids in these districts they don't live in these districts they that is are, so crazy they're literally it's like they, the celebrity people yeah they are and they're they're that's what they read off of um so all of the complaints are using this website called booklook.org which is a moms for liberty website and so all of their complaints Ugh. are coming out of moms for liberty and I, I'm laughing at what you were saying, Mary, about this book, because one of the books that got pulled um, was a book called Hooked by Katherine Greenman. And um, I mean, it wasn't great, but the whole premise of it is this girl like has sex with her first like school boyfriend and she gets pregnant. And then mm-hmm. her he tries to convince her, all of her friends try to convince her, her parents try to convince her to get an abortion. And she decides she like doesn't want to get an abortion. And so she like, it's all about like the how difficult it is for her to like raise this baby as like you know a a recently graduated teen mom and I was like you would think that this book would be like a Texas wet dream like it's yeah it's, what like, like, I, I, why are we including this and so it just it, there's no rhyme or reason to it and then you know I am a leftist but the left kind of in response in our communities has been then being like well if you're gonna get mad about this book. Um, so we have had like complaints about the Bible, um, which as a social studies teacher, I have to use excerpts of the, of the Bible as like a primary source. So if the Bible gets banned in the whole district, you know, that could be really complicated. So, you know, and all it does is like add more work to, you know, an institution, your public schools that already are like doing their damn best. So it's just kind of, yeah, it's, it's super bonkers. Well, and you see it in the book community, too, where it's like, oh, like, you know, people point out a problematic, like, books, like, and say, like, hey, like, you know, I'm not going to platform this book, or, like, you shouldn't, like, read it or whatever, because it has, like, issues, and then people are like, oh, like, that's, like, censorship, and, you know, you should read whatever you want, and all this stuff, and it's like, yeah, I mean... I don't think that we should be platforming authors who write problematic content, especially if it's harmful content. Mm -hmm. But also I feel like being a huge thing is like, we should be talking about it, right? Like don't ban it, but talk about why is it harmful? And I feel like people like, just are like, so like, it's like they've swung so far to the other side where they're like, Oh no. Like if you like say that something is problematic or harmful like you're participating in like censorship and it's like that's not what that means like you can read Lolita and talk about why like this is an example of grooming right and like a really horrifying which is the point of the book (laughs) yes exactly and it's like yeah a lot of people like don't understand that or like don't read it like 
in the right context or whatever. And it's like, you should, and you obviously shouldn't read, like, you don't have to read stuff like that in order to like, understand that those things are bad, but like, you should be able to read something that has like problematic themes or, or isn't in, isn't inherently problematic, but has like touches on things that are problematic and be able to discuss them. the the interesting thing about like book bans or censorship or deciding that like something is inappropriate is that then when you get to book talk mm-hmm. i have seen lolita described as an age gap romance and i'm like no right <laughs> what what the fuck it fucking is wrong oh boy like it is, it is like a textbook example of grooming. And, but this is what I'm saying. It's like, it's like, if you don't have the space to discuss what is happening in that book, because mm-hmm. your environment has decided that like, that is a book that you can't discuss because of the sexual themes, you will actually like, might, you might actually end up in a situation where you don't understand why that book is important yeah and why that can be a situation that can happen in real life but also gives you a very weird understanding of what a relationship could look like well right and i think too if you are in a situation where you i well i'm always of the mind that having grown up in a very strict family but also I'm the youngest of nine kids. And so I got away with a lot of stuff that I, if I just was like even slightly sneaky about it, my parents, because because my parents like didn't pay, they're very strict, but like didn't have the like. Capacity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did not have the mental capacity to pay attention to every little thing that was going on. And so I, like I said, probably read some books that were above my maturity level that I didn't really <laughs> understand that I could have, and I don't think that in any, I don't think I actually read anything that uh, like affected me in a negative way, but I would have never gone and like talked to my parents about something like this. Like if I had read a book that like had something in it that like upset me or that I didn't understand, like that would, those were the last people that I would go mm-hmm. to. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's what parents that are doing this kind of thing where they're like, oh, like you shouldn't read this book. If one, books don't make you queer. Uh that is is literally a scientific fact uh but if your kid is queer and you're afraid that a book is going to make them queer one you've already lost two they are not going to come and talk to you about it and guess Mm -hmm. what they're going to turn 18 and they're never going to talk to you again like that's just like what what you're doing and instead it's like and things like queer like I watched Heartstopper and then I went and I looked at the graphic novel at Barnes and Noble and it's so precious. And it is literally like probably the most wholesome young adult show on TV. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you look at like every other CW show that's like about um, teenagers is like not wholesome at all. And I did not have a wholesome high school experience in the (laughs) slightest. And so I enjoy shows like Euphoria and um, Riverdale. Riverdale. <laughs> uh, that I like that show for a different reason. But there's other shows like I don't know. All American is a CW show that's like not 
inappropriate, I don't think, but they are like partying and having sex and stuff like that. And that's like, and then like, uh, I really like that show, the society where they like end up in an alternate universe where there's no like adults. Um, that it only was one season. I'm still really disappointed, but stuff like that. I'm like really like, and I think is really interesting and I find it relatable, but not everybody has experiences like that. Mm. And there should be wholesome young adult content. And that show is so freaking wholesome and it's so precious and they have such age appropriate interactions with each other. And it's just, and, but you, but there are people that are like, ban heartstopper from our libraries and yes. I'm like there is nothing inappropriate except for the fact that it's about that they it has gay people in it like yeah, that is well, the only thing and that is obviously not I'm not saying that it's inappropriate that is what the objection to it is right right and I think like there is like we have to be honest about like that kids especially once you're talking about juniors and seniors you know, are having their first sexual experiences and the kind of options around it are to pretend like it's not happening, which is harmful, or to show them healthy ways to have those experiences, right? To have like examples of enthusiastic consent, to have like a variety of examples of like what that could look like because it could lead to pregnancy that your family wants you to abort, but you want to keep, or it could just be a thing that happened one summer. Mm -hmm. And like, just because a book is showing like minors having a relationship with other minors in a way that is appropriate, like doesn't inherently make it bad. And like, there's not this magical switch that happens when a kid leaves high school where suddenly like, oh, now I know that sex exists. I mean, it's disingenuous to say that. And so it's really important when, you know, we're talking, because there are definitely books that are not appropriate to be in high school. Like quite a few of the books I read, um, I would never tell a child, like a minor to read, but, um, or honestly, like, you know, I probably should have thought twice, but, um, (laughs) you're like, I wasn't old enough to read. Yeah, no, I, I, there's like a pre haunting Adeline me and a post haunting Adeline me. And, (laughs) (laughs) uh, um, and so like, I obviously like not every book belongs in a public school library. And also there's a difference between a sixth grader and a 12th grader. And like, we can all understand mm-hmm. that, but to just say point blank, if there is any mention of sex in a book, it, it must be bad is, is so awful and is going to hurt kids so, like, in the long run. Yeah. And like, what is crazy to me is that like sex is such a it's just a function of human existence right like it is literally what keeps the species going um if you want to get like really mechanical (laughs) about it but the whole idea with people who are like really religious or like who are like banning these things because of like impurity or whatever it it's like But you're also against, like, yeah, sexual decisions being made by the person who is actually having sex, and it's like, what? Well, what do you want? 
Like, do you want the people to be able to make any any kind of decisions in an informed way? No, and they like, don't. Oh, they yeah. don't. Yeah. yeah. But like, that's, that's, you're right. That's completely yeah. it. I think I did not fully understand consent, like, because it was never talked about. And it's so funny because in romance books, yeah. I've like learned what consent is. And I'm like, this would have been really helpful when I was younger. And maybe some of the, you know, content's not super appropriate, but like I was reading YA romances sort of and like Sarah Dessen and stuff when I was in high school. But like those obviously weren't, you know, you don't see anything that happens behind the closed door and there's not really like a lot of talk about that specifically in it so I feel like I well, and I feel like too it's just become something that we talk about more because so this is kind of wild to think about because I went to Catholic school like in high school and but I also it was in California and apparently that is very different than even like public schools in some other states because when I was a sophomore in high school we in my English class we read speak um which is the one and then they and then they made the movie with Kristen Stewart where she gets assaulted at a party and then she calls the cops and then uh the cops come because she called them because she got assaulted but then it breaks up the party and like a bunch of the kids got like kicked out of school or something and so then she becomes like a social pariah because nobody knows why they thought that she called the cops in order to bust the party mm-hmm. and uh she doesn't speak for a year she doesn't say anything to anybody and then people like end up finding out or something I forget but I feel like that was like kind of like like it's like a pretty like fucked up story um but there was a reason why my English teacher showed it to us and they, I guess, had like more purview or something. I don't know. It's, it is. And the more I think about it, the crazier it is that that was a book <laughs> that we learned, that we were taught in, in Catholic school, especially, but I don't know. My school is kind of weird, but they, uh, it, it actually did help me because then I, um, and I've talked about this like on my TikTok and stuff, but I like, a, like a year after that was assaulted at a party and like, I knew that that's what happened. You know what I didn't do? I didn't call the cops. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Which is not, I'm not saying that I did But I knew, it was like, I knew that there was, like, a social, like, stigma around that. And that then, like, other things happened. And, like, people were like, oh, you, like, basically, like, people thought that it was a consensual situation. And he had a girlfriend. And then there was, like, a lot of, like, um uh drama around that um so then I yeah I like didn't and then I went to therapy and stuff and so I got like help but I like that did like kind of like stick to me and I was able to talk to that teacher about the situation but it's also that like but you had read that book right you understood because of that book that like what happened to you was not okay Right. And I also had an adult who I knew was like a safe adult yeah. Yeah. that I could talk to. And because she had like opened that door in teaching that like book. Yeah. And I feel like that is like the big thing is if you're going to have like, e- like, I think that parents need to parent their kids as opposed <laughs> yes. to trying to get 
Yeah. A million percent. All of these uh, schools, like every district has mechanisms to keep books out of your child's hand. So like if I teach a book and a parent does not want their child to read it, I am required to offer an alternative. Um, And so there, and you can put like holds on books at the library where you can basically say, my child cannot check these books out from the school library. So Mm -hmm. parent your own kid. If you don't want your kid. Yeah reading something it's very easy to make sure that they're not but what they're doing instead is like your child is the one bringing neon gods to school and um reading the paperback where like I at least had the decency to read it on my e-reader okay (laughs) (laughs) but then you're yelling about these like perfectly acceptable YA books right so it's like you can't have it both ways friends So to bring this back to like the whole book talk environment where it's like there's real consequences of people banning books, right? Mm -hmm. And like when on book talk we 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 deal with like authors getting quote unquote canceled for things that are like objectively bad, where it's like racism or ableism or whatever, but also like cancel culture doesn't exist, but like we are you're getting called out for things but it's interesting when in the book talk community like the whole idea of like call outs has so much to do with like real social justice issues and in the real world when it's like books are getting banned it's because of they actually talk about social justice Mm -hmm. and like it's just such a wild like dichotomy to live in and like maybe maybe it's like obviously like my my growing up experience in a non-american country like i i i feel like i've talked about this before but like i grew up in finland like i've never encountered an idea of like a book being bad or like a book not being able to be read because it's like no matter how incendiary the book is, you still have to be able to read it mm-hmm. in order to understand why it's incendiary. Because, mm-hmm. like, if someone tells you a book is bad, you, you've you already had a choice taken away from you, right? <clears throat> so this is the whole thing where it's like, you know, like we were talking about, like, Tilly Cole earlier. If a book is... If an author chooses to take their books down... That's obviously going to generate a lot of interest in that because it's like, why did you do that? What 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 was the catalyst? Like, how do you feel about it? But obviously, like, none of that is censorship. Censorship because that is censor censorship is like a governmental function. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's it's interesting, but it's like. So why don't you want to? Why don't you want us to talk about your book? Why don't you want us to have evidence about what you put out into the world? So it's like the authors in like actual book banning environments of like a school board deciding that this book is not available. Like they don't have any agency. It's like complete right. external parties deciding that like we're just not gonna make this book available to this audience and with no well, and i feel like the authors you know it's just this yeah one, you know page made me mad so it's gone yeah 
And then there's like, it, it reminds me of that movie that came out that was like, um, the like, tra- the like human trafficking, like investigator or whatever. And it came out over the summer and like had like a wide theatrical release despite being like an independently funded film and conservatives were like, Oh, like they're trying to ban this movie, but it was playing in every theater. And I'm like, that's not a, that's not a ban. That's literally the opposite of a ban. And then they're like, Oh my God, like we went and saw this movie and we never go to the movies anymore because movies are all like devil worshiping or whatever. And they're like, but we went and saw this like Christian film in theaters and um you know the ac was broken and and they and online it said all the tickets were sold out but then the theater was empty and there was like a lot of just like oh you don't go to the movies very often so you don't realize that like sometimes it's like not the best experience like especially in the summer like the ac breaks sometimes like it's a big ass building and they have to run all these machines to like play the movie and like they will refund you too if you complain about something they will totally 100% give you a refund like they don't give a shit but the thing about the tickets being sold out but then the theaters being empty (laughs) this is my favorite thing okay I'm obsessed with like finding where like these like weird like rumors like stem from like what happened like to be that like then telephoned into this other thing so they're like all these people are like oh they're like the theaters aren't um don't want you to see the movies so they're like saying artificially like saying that the movie's sold out and it's like one that's nonsense because they still have to play the movie. And so if they don't sell, like if nobody's, it doesn't matter if anybody like is there, they still, they lose money if people don't like right. cost them the same amount of money to film it. So why would they say that they didn't have to? Cause like, they don't give a shit. Like nobody cares. But apparently what was actually going on was that these like church, like local churches were like buying tickets to the movie so that if somebody didn't have money at, to buy a ticket, they could go to the theater box office and say, oh, there's a ticket. Like, I want to see this movie, but I don't want to buy a ticket. Is there t- Are there tickets that have been, like, purchased to, to, like, give out, basically? But nobody was actually doing that because the people that actually went to go see the movie went to go buy, like, they went to pay for it. But it was, like, people found... The, people wow. found the Facebook post of these like churches being like, I bought 40 tickets to The Sound of Freedom. That's what the movie is called. Uh, I just remember. <laughs> I bought 40 tickets for The Sound of Freedom at 5 p.m. or whatever. If you want to go, like the tickets are available. And but people weren't going. But you still funded the movie. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, that's not the theater doing that that's literally you guys like you guys are buying the tickets and nobody's going to go see the movie because it's objectively not a very good movie as from what I understand like if you take out all of the like political like like whatever like if you just like go in and you're like this is just like an action movie or whatever like it's just not very good is from what is what I heard like if you just ignore the like problematic like undertones it's just not a very good movie so people didn't really want to go see it and it's like not really child appropriate so a lot of these like families weren't going to go see it and people don't really like going to the movies anymore that's just like because a lot of times like the ac is broken and like it, a popcorn like a 
box of popcorn is like $14. Actually, it hasn't changed very much that pricing. The tickets are more expensive, but the popcorn's not very expensive, honestly, compared to other stuff. Inflation hasn't hit that, apparently. Probably because their profit margin's like 99%. But anyway, it's the same fucking thing. It's like, you're not banning something just because other people are like, we're not going to watch this movie. Like, that's not a ban. You can still go and watch the movie. You can still read that book. Tilly Cole still had the books available on her website. You had to pay for them as opposed to reading them on Kindle Unlimited. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, that's literally not what's going on. No, and and I was going to say, anytime you want to get on the internet and yell censorship because you stand an author, like, pause, stop. And, like, Google what's happening at your public library, what's happening in your state. Like, states are introducing, like, statewide bans of things, which is, like, we're in the worst universe. And your bookish energy can be used to stop, like, actual problems and not just, like, Tilly Cole's fine. <laughs> like, she, she's good. Yeah. You don't need to get on the internet to yell about her. Um, take that energy and, like, do something productive. Right. Like that's, that's the thing where it's like, people get upset. They're like, you're taking income away from this author. I'm like, "Uh, okay, but like, she's probably fine. They're probably fine. But have you considered the like dead authors whose books are very valuable as like literary education? Why don't you go to your local school board and yell about that? Because that's going to be way more effective and valuable. Like, and this is the kind of thing where it's like sometimes in these like bookish online communities, like people get so up in arms and in their heads about what's what matters. And you think that like your outrage in supporting one author is actually valuable when there's so much more that you could channel your like bookish rage towards, you know? For sure. Well, and I feel like that whole, like, oh, separate the art from the artist, that's just, like, completely lost meaning because it's supposed to be exactly what you're talking about, Shawnee, where it's, like, a dead author who maybe was kind of a product of their time. Yeah, or, like, yeah, a product of their time, not a good person, whatever. Like, And still being able to, like, consume their art and discuss it and be, like, and have and and critically engage with it versus, like, padding the pockets of somebody like J.K. Rowling, who is, like, clearly just, like, when she dies, (laughs) then we can talk about it. Then we can separate (laughs) the art from the artist. When she is no longer just like tripling down on Twitter, um, <laughs> we can just maybe crit- start critically engaging. But even then, people are already critically engaging with her most famous series and pointing out that it is riddled with plot holes that she just like re- decided to then make a website she, where she just like filled in the holes. She kind of. created. She created a wonderful world for some people. Caitlin, thank you so much for joining us. I thank am you. about to spend hours on this book looks website. 
It's because horrible. I pulled it up and I was like, oh, I did not know about this. And now I understand like all the resources and everything. Like there's just so much about book banning that I've never looked into. And I'm definitely going to like look up what's going on in my area because I'm very interested now. Yeah, you should do that. I feel like there's some surprises in there. Yeah, for sure. Um, but this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, and le- tell us where we can find you. Um, I am at CBG underscore reads on Instagram and TikTok. And yeah, come hang out. Yeah. I'll do more talking videos for Shawnee. Yes. Please. <laughs> All right, Shawnee, where can we find you? I'm at Shawnee Reads on both Instagram and TikTok. And there will be there are talking videos because <laughs> if I keep doing them, Caitlin will do talking videos. Love it. <laughs> Um, Mary, where can we find you? I am at the Vibrarian on Instagram and TikTok. And you can find our podcast uh, at in the mood for in the mood for underscore pod on Instagram and TikTok. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. 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 <laughs>